everyone. This is Pastor Ryan, and this is our podcast. Welcome to Live Alive Church, and I just want to thank you for listening in. I hope this message encourages you, strengthens your faith, and causes you to keep pressing forward for who God has called you to be and created you to be. God bless. of God. So we, we're moving on from the hand of God. Now we're to part two of this series, and it's going to be about the eyes of God. I'll dive deeper into what God is sharing with me. So if you have your Bibles, turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter six. Are you there? This is what the Bible says. When human beings began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, The sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful, and they married any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be a hundred and twenty years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God went into the daughters of humans and had children by them, there were the heroes of old, men of renown. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of human hearts was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. One of the most saddest scriptures in the Bible that he regretted to even make humans because there was so much wickedness on the earth. So the Lord said, I from the face of the earth, the human race I have created, and with them the animals and the birds and the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret that I have made them. But, everybody say but. I can't hear you say but. But Noah found favor in what? The eyes of the Lord, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Even when there's wickedness and circumstances and storms and struggles that we're all going through and that there's things going on around us, God still found favor with you. His eyes found favor. He he found favor in Noah. Let's pray. I want to talk about the eyes of God, and I want to talk about the favor of God, part one. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, God, that your word is already anointed. I pray that you would anoint your servant one more time. God, to be able to preach your word with boldness and clarity of purpose, God, that I would be able to get out everything that you have heard into my ear, Father. Lord, and into my spirit, God, we would speak about who you are more and deeper, God, that at the end of this series, God, we would have fallen in love more in love with you each and every day. Father, I pray that today, Lord, that people's hearts would be changed, people's lives would be transformed, Father, and I pray that, God, we would have a deeper understanding of who you are in our lives and who you've created us to be. So, Father, I pray that you would bless your people today in Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen. So I want you to understand that the human eye is one of the most important parts of the body. Without the human eye, without sight, the whole body panics. You can try it yourself. You can close your eyes and try to walk and see how far you get without running into something or without walking into something. Without 
vision, the Bible says people perish. We have to understand that the, that the human eye is one of the most important parts of the body because without it, the body panics. You have no sense of direction and you would know, not even know to go and that's the same thing spiritually if we ever get to a place where we have no sense of direction spiritually we will die spiritually we have to understand that that we have to have our spiritual eyes open and we have to continue to keep our spiritual eyes open to what God is doing and how he's moving in our lives because if not we will we will miss the direction of the spirit of God and where he wants us to go towards the destiny that he is calling us to we have to understand that the sight and that the eye, the human eye is what gives us direction and it's what get, and it's what we're able to see in detail. With the human eye we can have direction and we can see things in detail. I was reading I was reading an article this morning and it was talking about it was it was talking about if the human eye were a camera. Are you ready for this? If the human eye were a camera. So let's talk about the human eye, if the, if the human eye were a camera, the focal length of the camera or of the eye would be 17 millimeters, which would be the distance of your eye, the length of your eye it would be 17 millimeters, the distance of your eye. And the price of that would be two hundred and ninety nine dollars in camera talk. OK, and the angle view of a human eye, you can see one hundred and eighty degrees. A full camera can only see ninety three degrees and the equipment price of that would be one hundred thousand uh, dollars. The crop factor is X point zero five and technology says that doesn't even exist. So that equipment price, they say, would around would, would range around seven thousand dollars. The resolution of the human eye can read up to five hundred and seventy six six megapixels at a time which doesn't even exist but they say the the price of that would be 35 million dollars the ISO which is the power sent to the camera sensor the the, the 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 ISO of the eye the price of that would be sixteen thousand four hundred and fifty three dollars the bit depth which is the human human eye can perceive in 10 million different colors the equipment price of that would be a thousand dollars the dynamic range which you can see bright and dark detail it would be two thousand four hundred and ninety eight dollars the shutter speed of the human eye would cost around as a camera would be cost would cost around a thousand dollars the frames per second which is the information that an eye can hold, which is a thousand frames per second is what your eye sees every time it looks. The equipment price of that would be $140,000. So guess how much your eyes would cost if it was a camera? $35,268,799. And you can't tell me that there isn't a God that is real on the face of this earth who created your eyes so detailed and so intently that your eyes, there ain't even nobody out there that could buy a camera that much for that much money. But God created it into the human intellect, into the human body, that it would cost that much money for your eyes. And that's what God is saying. 
that he's saying that the human eyes were created to see in detail. He said, but the eyes and my eyes are created to see your destiny only. He said, what I do, he said, I don't look at your failures. I see my favor. He said, I don't look at your weaknesses. I see you as a warrior. He said, I don't look at your struggle. I see your strength. He said, I don't look at your imperfections. I see your intelligence. He says, I don't look at what the humans look at and what you look at. He said, I look at your heart, but I look at the destiny. I look at who I've created you to be, and I look at who I've called you to be. He said, everybody else may see detail and see other things. He said, but I don't look at the things you struggle with. I don't look at your failure. I look at your. I look at the favor that I have on your life. I don't look at your struggle. I look at the strength that I put on your life. I don't look at your imperfections. He said, I see your destiny. I see everything that I've created you to become. Anytime my wife and I, you know, we, we go outside and and anytime we, we go outside with the boys, we're, I'm always, you know, I'm like, don't get too far away from me. Make sure I can see where you're at because they are quick and he can run pretty fast, especially when you got two of them and you're trying to keep an eye on one and then the other one's, you know, running away and he's getting on his electrical tractor and he's, he's going around the corner and, you know, I don't know, somebody might come down the driveway and he ain't paying attention. And, and the reason why I say don't get, don't, don't get somewhere where daddy can't see you, don't get somewhere where mommy can't see you, it's not because I don't want them to go anywhere. It's because I'm trying to protect them from getting out of my eyes reach. So that way, if they were somewhere that I couldn't see them, I would be frightened and I would be scared. In other words, I'm limited to what I can see if they get far away from me where I can't see them. If they're dipping around a corner and they're going somewhere where I can't see where they're at because something could happen. A dog could come and or a car could come. It's just like when we go when we go out somewhere and they get out of the car and Levi's by my side and I put them down so I can get Liam out of the car. Stay right here, buddy. Don't get away from me just in case, you know, a car comes or something like that because it happened one time. You remember when it happened when we were at uh, Dunkin' Donuts one night and Levi almost ran out into the road right there on the highway and cars flying by. And, it, you know, it, it, it is scary. But see, what I'm trying to say is, is that we are limited to what we can see. We can only see just a little bit. We can only see just little things. But thank God that we may, even though we may be limited to what we can see, we serve a limitless God that he says, I can see you and, and I can see every move that you make. He said, I can see every struggle that you face, every circumstance that you're in. He said, he said that I can see everything that you're up against, everything that you're battling, even though we may not be able to see everything. God says, I see everything that you go through. He said, I am there to protect you. I am there to guide you. I am there to keep you safe and to keep you guarded from harm's reach and from the enemy that's trying to get close to you and trying to destroy you. He says, I see everything. I see every detail. I see everything that, that, that the enemy is trying to do and trying to destroy the gift that I put inside of you and trying to destroy those things that I've tried to, tried to develop with and, and God says I'm there for you to protect you I'm there he said you might be limited but God thank God we serve a limitless God that sees all things that he's created us in such a way where he, he knows what we're doing he knows where we're going he, he knows the moves that we're going to make before we make them aren't you thankful that we serve a God like that 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 he's limitless that 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 doesn't matter what we go through or what we face he, he sees all things the Bible says that 
that the eyes of the Lord are in every place looking upon the good and the evil. That his eyes are everywhere. That the eyes of the Lord are on you. He's making sure you don't get in an accident. He's making sure that he's keeping you protected. He's making sure that he's keeping you safe. He's making sure that he's keeping you in his arms. See, though I might not be able to see my boys at all times, we serve a God that sees us at all times. We serve a God that knows everything that we go through. We serve a God that is there for us when, when we need him. We serve a God that is there for us through every struggle and through every battle that we ever face and, and anything that we ever go through. He's always with us through it all. Even when it feels like he's not there, God said, I'm always with you. He said, I'll ne never leave you nor forsake you. He said, even when the enemy tries to attack you, he said, I'm still protecting you. He said, I'm still keeping you safe. He said, even though you may be going through a battle, even though you may be going through struggles, even though you might feel like there's, there's things coming at you from every angle, he said, the reason why it's not touching you or even coming near you is because I'm protecting you, is because I see everything that you're facing. I see everything that you're going through. The reason why that you never, you, the reason why you went through that, through that breakup and you never fell apart is because my, my hand was upon your life. The reason why... You didn't turn to drugs and alcohols because my hand was on your life and I saw the end from, I saw the beginning from the, to the end and I, under, and I knew what you were going to go through. And he said, I, I, I was made sure I was there every step of the way before you fell. He said, even when you felt like you were getting ready to fall, he said, my strength was what come upon you to keep you safe and to keep you protected and to keep you in my arms. And now we get to this place where we come to our scripture and, and the Bible says that, that now after the fall of man, there was so much wickedness on the earth. After Adam and Eve and after, after sin had entered into the world, the Bible says that there was so much wickedness on the earth and that the sons of God were essentially having babies with the daughters of God. Let me give you a little bit of history about what the Bible is saying here so everybody understands. So what the Bible is saying when he says the sons of God, he's talking about how how when God had cast the devil and cast one-third of the angels to the earth because of the sin of pride that, the enemy, that, that Satan, Lucifer, had when he was in heaven. The Bible says that we know, understand that he was a worship leader in heaven. You can read all this in the book of Ezekiel. I don't have time to go there. You can read it for yourself. But it talks about how one-third of the angels... God cast out of, out of heaven with Lucifer because they disobeyed God just like Lucifer did. So what happened was is those were the sons of God who ended up having, who ended up seeing humans who were beautiful, the women who were beautiful, so they ended up having babies with, with the humans. So what happened was is that's why they, they, the Bible talks about, it talks about they were the heroes of old, men of renown, because they had like, you can go into the history of it, and I don't have time to go into the history of it, but because of that, that's why you had the Nephilim, and that's why you had like this inbred of people who were like, that's why you had like Goliath who was 10 foot tall, and you know, and I don't have time to, but the Bible talked about how wickedness and, and how, how much sin was on the earth and how much craziness was going on. 
on. And he said, you know what, there's so much wickedness going on in the earth. He said, I can't even believe that I even created humans. I didn't even intend for this to happen. This is not why I created you. This is not why I intended. That this is not why I created the human race. This is not why. He said, I created you to worship me. I created you to be with me. I created you to honor me. I created you to commune with me. I didn't create you to go out to the world and sin and, and get involved with wickedness. And he said, you know what? I can't even believe. He got to a place where he said, I even regret that I even made humans. And and. And, that, and, and you're saying, that's the God we serve? Yeah, God was so fed up with the wickedness that was on the earth that he said, you know what, I got to get rid of it. But, but, but what happened was, is he said, you know what, I found favor. I found favor in somebody. I found favor in Noah. Why? Because he was a righteous man and he was blameless, the Bible says. And that we understand that, 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 there, that the wickedness and the things that were going on in the world, that God said, you know what, there might, be going, there might be some stuff going on in the world right now. He said, but there's one person that I know that, that, I, can, that I can use, that I can save, that I can bring, bring deliverance to this world. And that's the same thing God is, is trying to teach us in, the, in this series. I believe that, that, that there's so much wickedness in this world that we live in today. There's so much sin. There's so much crookedness. There's so much evilness in this world that we live in today but I believe that God is raising up a generation of Noah's and he's saying but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord and God is saying he found favor and he you found favor in his eyes that he found favor and they Mary he found favor in you and he found favor in Danelle and he found favor in you Beth and he found favor in you Jessica and Kim and re he found favor. He's looking for somebody who he, he can find and put his favor on and say, you know what? Though there may be wickedness, though there may be some craziness, though there may be a lot of sickness and disease and wickedness upon this earth because of sin, he said, I found favor. And I, Noah found favor in his eyes. Because God is looking for somebody that he can put his anointing on. He's looking for somebody that he can put his hand on. He's looking for somebody that he can that he can put his mark on, that he can put his seal on, because he's looking for somebody who will stand up for righteousness. He's looking for somebody who will stand up for holiness. He's looking for somebody who can stand up for, for what's right. And, 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 and the only way that this stuff is going to go go that, that this stuff is going to go away in this world is if we continue to stand up as the church and continue to preach righteousness and preach holiness and continue to love everybody the way that God loves the only way that we can love people who are struggling the only way we can love people who are battling is to love them with though you may be going through struggles right now though you may be going through a battle right I am still with you and I will still protect you and I will still lead you and I will still protect you. And we have to understand that even though there's wickedness, that God found favor. Something wrong with it? What's wrong with it? Am I crackling? I'm sorry. I didn't even notice I was crackling. But God is saying that I found, I, look, he said, he said, but Noah, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. You can. Don't even put Noah there. Put your name there. 
But Ryan found favor even though there was wickedness. That's why that job that you that you just got, you just got a job, and, and this is just illustrating. I'm just illustrating here. This may not really have happened, but you just got a job, and, and then all of a sudden God's favor is upon your life, and you get promoted before that person who was already there for five years. And then, and, and then all of a sudden you, you got so much favor on your life that God is blessing you more than he's blessing other people. And he'll put you in situations where his favor is so pertinent on your life that, that he is, he's blessing every aspect of your life. And people will look at you and be like, how did he go from that to this in only one month time? It's because the favor of God is on your life. You can just happen to walk into the to the store and everything is 25% off. That day when you walk in there, you can just walk on to the car lot and just that day, all of a sudden, you get a, the greatest deal of your life that you never thought you would even get. All of a sudden, you get home and you got to pay bills and you get something in the mail where you get a check for $1,000 and you don't even know where it came from. God's favor is on your life. God's favor, even though there's craziness and there's wickedness in this world today, God is trying to raise up Noah's. I believe it with all my heart. He's saying that he's found favor in your life. His favor is upon your life. Do you believe that? Do you believe it? But but he look, he found favor. Watch, I want to talk about that God's favor is his approval that he's created you for more. God's favor is his approval. There's many things that his favor represents, but the one thing I want to talk about today is his approval. Can I talk about his approval? God's favor is his approval. When God created the heavens and the earth, when he created the heavens and the earth, the Bible says that after he created the, the, the sun and after he created the moon and after he created the stars and, and after he created all the trees and all that kind of stuff. When you, when you read Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says when he created it, he saw that it was good. So when he created something, he said, I saw that it's good. He's, in other words, he looked at it and said, mm, that's good. So when he spoke it and he created it, he said, that's good. He said, that, that's good. Isn't it something, I mean, something that we're so amazed by and stuff that we see, the sun and the stars and the moon, we look at it like, wow, that's excellent. That's magnificent. That's glorious. That's marvelous. I mean, we sing about it, you know. We worship about it. Just the earth and the heavens and everything that he's created. Even the psalmist said, when I look up into the stars and I look up into the heavens, and the, but when I look at myself, mere mortal, who is it that you care for us? Who is it that you care so much for me? And the Bible says that when he created it, he saw that it was good. But my God, when he got to us, when he got to the human body and he said, I need to form them from what I've already created. So he formed us from the dust of the earth. And when he formed us, he said, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. When he, when he came to us, he didn't say that we were, mm, that's good. Just like when he created the heavens and the earth, he said, that's good. Isn't it something? He looks at stuff that says good, but we look at it and say it's excellent. 
So what he says is good, we think is excellent. Because he's God. It, when he creates something, he can just say, oh, it's good. <laughs> but when, when we look at stuff he's created, it's like, there must be a God that's real. I, I, I mean, come on, we can't create that. We can't do that. Have you ever created something and you're like, oh, it's good? No? You ever, you ever, you ever, you ever did something or, or, you know, you ever got into something and you say, oh, that's, it's, it's good. But, you know, when God created, when he, look, he skipped, when he got past the heavens and the earth and he said, oh, it's just good. He got to us and he said, as, as soon, and when he looked at us and he had his eyes on us and he was forming us and developing us and creating us, he got to us and he said, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He said, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope, plans to give you a future. He said, when I created you, I made you fearfully and wonderfully made in my image. So when he got to us, he didn't say, oh, it's good. He said, said oh it's wonderful I made somebody in my image I created you in my likeness to be like me to talk like me to act like me to shine like me to move like me to 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 speak life like me he said I've created you I didn't make you good he said I made you like me he said, I created you fearfully and wonderfully made have I created you. He said, you're so excellent. He said, you're so perfect. He said, you're the apple of my eye. He didn't just say, oh, you're good. He couldn't stop there. He said, "He said you are me. And, and even Jesus got to the point where he said, I am in you and you are in me. He said, without me, you are nothing. And apart from me, you can do no thing. But he said, you are, in, in my eyes, you are a royal person priesthood he couldn't stop there he, he said that your name is inscribed on the palm of my hand so when he created us he might have created the world and, and the earth and the heavens and said it was good but my God when he got to us he said you are so perfect he said you are so magnificent I've created you to walk like me to act like me to talk like me to love like me and I've made you so perfect that you are fearfully and wonderfully made so that way when the enemy tries to speak death and to your spirit and try to say you're unworthy and that you'll never make it and that you'll never add up and, and the enemy speak, keeps speaking incompetence into your mind and that you'll never make it and you'll never move forward. God says I have to remind you I made you in my image. That's why the enemy hates you so much because he created you from the very thing that he cast him down to. He cast the enemy down to the dust of the earth. Did you know that snakes once could walk? They had legs. Did you know that? Snakes used to have legs. They actually have on their bodies, if you look at a snake, they actually have little spots on their bodies where they used to have. If you, if you look at their bodies, they have little holes to where <laughs> I don't either. I don't get that close either. But I've I seen this to be true, and, I, and I've heard about it as well, that snakes used to walk. But when sin entered into the world, the Bible says that from the you will eat the dust of the earth is what he told him. That's why the enemy doesn't like you, Danelle. That's why he hates you. It's because God created you from the very thing that he cast him down to. 
He hates you because you worship him. He created you from the dust of the earth to form you to worship him. And, and he loves you and he's created you in his image. And he said, I made you fearfully and wonderfully made. So we get to this point where it wasn't, it wasn't good enough for God to form man. It, it wasn't good enough for just, we were just empty when God first formed us. When he first formed us, the only way that we had life was when God breathed light, when he breathed his, breathed his breath into our nostrils. The Bible says that man became what? A living soul. Watch, I'm going somewhere with this, and then I'm going to end up wrapping this up because I can't get too deep in this message. I just want to keep you, I want to keep you guys on track here. So we understand that when God formed man, he formed him from the dust of the earth, right? So what happened was, as God said, in order for him to have life, I must breathe into his nostrils my breath for it to have life. And that's when the Bible says that man became a living soul was when he breathed life into his nostrils. So in other words, what God was saying was, is that when he breathed his breath into our nostrils, that was his sign of approval that he gave us life. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's just like when you go to apply, watch this, when you go to apply for a loan, right? Or when you go to the bank to apply for a loan, or you go to the car dealership and you're looking at your car and you want to pick out a car and you go in there and, and you know, you're, you're, looking, you're looking for the car that you want that smells good with the black wheels on it. You know, when me and my wife were going to get her Jeep, she wanted to get like a Dodge, I don't know what it was. It was something, but I didn't like it. And I said, I said, I kept telling the guy, I said, I know you got something better on this car lot that we can, that our credit can match, that we can purchase. Because what happens is, is that when you go up to the car lot and when you go get a, a loan from the bank, what they have, what do they have to do? They have to run your credit. They have to do a background check. They get all up in your business, Reese. They look at all the things that you've purchased, all the debt that you got, all the things that you've. And then, and then in your mind, it's like, oh, Lord. Brings up, brings up in your mind all that stuff that you still ain't paid for. And then you start to get anxiety. And then you start struggling in your mind. And you're like, oh, Lord, these people know, think I ain't going to pay for my bills. And people, <laughs> I'm serious. That's how I feel sometimes. Like, dang, man, you got to get all up in my stuff. Like, just give me the loan. Well, what happens is, so when you go to apply for a loan and you fill out the application, they have to run your background. And sometimes what happens is, is that they go to all these different agencies to see who you can qualify for to get the best interest rate. Right? So what happens is you get a, you'll get a letter in the mail from these different agencies that they uh, put your application into to see if you approved for them for the, an interest rate and even if you approved in general. And sometimes when you get the letters in the mail, it'll say, not approved because your credit score is a 525. <laughs> you know, and then you're like, screw you, Chrysler Capital. You know, and it, screw you, BB&T. My wife's not in here. She works for BB&T. But then we, we begin to get upset, and we, get, we begin to get upset because we get, we're, we're denied the loan that we tried to apply for. But, but here's what I'm trying to get to, is that 
God does not do a background check on us. He doesn't look back to all the sin that we committed and all the things that we battle with and all the things that we struggle with. The only thing that he does, the only background check he does to now is he looks back at the cross of Calvary. And he says, that's the only background check I need. It's when my blood ran red for you and when my son was dying on a cross and he said, I shed my blood for you for the forgiveness of your sins. He said, that's the only background check I need. He said, I don't look at all the downfalls and all the failures and all the struggles that you face. He said, the only thing I need to do is look at my son and how he died for you and how he shed his blood for you. That's the only background check that you need. He doesn't look at your insufficiencies. He doesn't look at what you don't add up to be. He only has to look at the blood, at the blood. That's the only thing that needs to be applied, that when we go to him, that only thing that we need to do is have the blood for the forgiveness of our sins when we cry out to him and we call out to him the only thing that needs to be applied we're not applying for no for no loan we don't need to apply for no no credit application the only thing that needs to be applied in our lives is the blood of Jesus Christ so that way everything that we do and everything that we get into God's grace and God's mercy he said I'll be with you till the ends of the earth he said the world has hated me first it'll hate you too but take heart I've overcome the world he said look the only background check I need to do Danelle I'm telling you I'm serious when God hit me with this this morning asked my wife she came in the house she came in the house and I was I had tears on my face when he God gave me this this morning and I was writing this he said he said son the only it doesn't matter if you don't get the approval of man the only thing you need is approval from me he said, even when you don't get approval from a loan, he said, that's because they look at your background and they look at your credit score and they look at all those things. He said, son, I don't look at the sin that you committed. I don't look at the things that you faced. I don't look at the struggles. He said, the only thing that I need to look back to is the blood that it was applied to your life for the forgiveness of your sin. That way you have a clean slate. He said, I don't even see the sin. I don't even see the struggle. I don't even see the battle. The only thing I see is you being washed by the blood of the lamb and when he told me that this morning I just broke down and I gave God glory and I gave him honor I said thank you Jesus even when man looks at me and says look at him and look at his pitfalls and look at his failures and, and they start scoffing at us and betraying us and lying to us man may do that but God says they may look at you that way but I look at you with eyes of grace and I look at you with eyes of favor and I look at you with eyes of approval he said even when men don't approve you he said my stamp of approval is upon your life why because it was approved at the foot of the cross when the blood was shed and when the blood was applied for the forgiveness of your sin my God when God hit me with that this morning I just I couldn't stop but to give him glory I said God thank you that you don't look at my sin anymore Thank you that you don't look at my failures. Thank you that you don't look at, at the things that I battle with. Thank you that you don't look at my insufficiencies. He said, I found favor. Even though there was wickedness upon the face of the earth, God found favor. And his, Noah found favor in his eyes. You are finding, God is finding favor in you. God is finding favor in us. And even God is raising us up as a generation. I believe, if you would just believe it with me, that God is raising up a generation of Noah's. I believe it. So that way 
that way the favor would be upon our lives, the approval, his stamp would be upon our lives to reach a generation out in this wickedness, just like Noah was to build a boat to save his people from all the wickedness of the earth. God says, I'm wiping it all clean because I'm going to bring a flood upon the earth. I believe God wants to use us to build a church that is like the ark from all the wickedness of the earth today, all the sin, the, the, the craziness, the things that, I mean, you think about it, I mean, you know, especially, you know, with abortion and, and things of that nature, and I don't want to get into that because that causes ruffled feathers and things like that, but it's just so much wickedness out there that we must be a generation that rises up and becomes a safe haven for people to run to. To say, you know what? Though you may be struggling, I know a place that you can come where people will love you for who you are. Where people will take you with open arms. Even though you may be battling though you may be on drugs or though you may be going through a struggle in your marriage or though you may be going through a struggle financially or though you may not even know God and you may be distant from God and you may not even feel like you have any hope, come to a place where you can find hope. Come to a place where you can find freedom. Come to a place where you can find deliverance and, and where God's favor can be upon your life and God's approval can be upon your life do you believe it with me yes. let's stay into our feet because i don't want to go